How y'all doing? Man, I got the, the Pentecostal crowd this morning. So good morning, Watts Bar fam. Anyone else online that might not be Watts Bar fam, and you just happened to cross this, this stream, and you're like, who's this guy? You'll find out. So welcome, you two. What an un- unusual week, right? Strange week. Any of you youngsters that's below 35 have probably never seen anything like this before. If you were from Tennessee, you've never seen it. It's a miracle. It's great. See, we usually hear about snow around here in East Tennessee, and we lose our ever-loving mind. We lose our ever-loving mind. We go out and we buy. I do not know why we need this, but we buy as much milk as we can possibly buy with snow cream. That's why we need it. 12 gallons snow cream. Bread. I do not know why we need this much bread. Milk sandwiches. We feed enough bread to feed 5,000. Well, you're not Jesus. We do not need this much bread. But if you go to Walmart or you go to Dollar Store, there's not even hot dog buns left. People are putting peanut butter on pita. It's crazy. Shouldn't happen. That's horrible. The result, though, usually when we hear snow, we go out and do all this, and the result usually doesn't match the amount of preparation we put in for this event. It's usually very, it, it underperforms, Gideon. And underperforms. It's usually snow, we don't get anything. We close schools down. We don't get anything. However, things were different this past Monday. Things were a little different. Some people, you might have underprepared for this event. See, we went to Walmart on Sunday. We were hearing snow. We got a, you know, we're still in the middle of this fast, so we're getting us some carrots. We got us one little gallon of milk, some beef jerky, you know, some, some trail mix. And we wasn't expecting what was going to happen. But honestly, guys, if you're under 35, you probably do not remember, and you're from here, you probably don't remember the blizzard of 93. But if you are over 35 and you were from around here, you remember that. And I was 12 years old in 1993. And for a, it was amazing. I loved it. I had so much fun. I, we rode kneeboards down this hill right here. Kneeboards. It was, it was crazy. It was fantastic. We, we would go out, play in the snow, come in, warm up, go back out. It was amazing as a kid. It was great. Now, 30 years later, the first few days were fun, right? As an adult, first few days were okay. It's pretty cool. We're out taking pictures. Hey, I just fell in the snow. It's so fun. Ha, ha, ha. So it's really cool. But them kids got to go back to school. You hear me? They got to go back to school. They need to. I love my children, and I've had so much fun with them, but I'm ready for them to go back to school. I love them. I'm ready for them to go back. See, these are, we got adult problems now. The way I looked at this snow as a kid is way different than I look at as an, as, a, as an adult, right? So when we get this kind of weather, when we get this kind of cold, we are very underprepared around here. We got real problems. There's adult problems. See, me and my buddy Brent, if you know him, Brent Madrin, my propane got really low. So... Because we thought we had enough propane till next year, right? 
Well, my heating and air system was not ready for this kind of cold. So me and him get my 250-gallon, well, not mine, Stacy Harris, thank you, plug for him, his propane tank, 250 gallons, load it up, go get propane, bring it back and set it in place, and I see Tiffany, which she drove our daughter's car to work on Monday and then got snowed in, and this all connects together. Pastor Kelly let me use his Jeep to go pick her up from being stranded. And then I see Tiffany bringing Kaylee's car back Thursday. She's like, we finally got it. She's going up the hill, and I thought, I might need to call her before she tries to come up this hill. I didn't, though. I let her try. I, I sat there and watched it. And I see her get up there, and she's like, start sliding. I'm like, she calls me. She's like, I can't take my foot off the brake. I said, put it in park. She said, it is in park. But if I take my foot off the brake, it still slides. So luckily, Brent's there. Kelly happens to wander upon this disaster. As He's, he's like, what are y'all doing? I, I'm not going to help, but I want to watch. I want to watch this unfold. What, what's going to happen? And he, and he says, Brent, do you want me to get in front of your Ford so I can pull all of y'all up the hill? So we end up getting it back down and pulling her car back up. These are adult problems. These are things I didn't think about when I was a kid. There, you know, there's money, there's accidents, there's things that can happen that can affect you financially and totally change the trajectory of what's going on in your life. Big, big boy or big girl problems. Things like that. The point is, is what started out as beautiful, magical, turned into no work, accidents, frigid weather, no school, no church, and staring at your loved ones every single day. I love them. Staring at them every single day. Many of us were so glad to be spending time with our kids and our wife until we were tired of seeing our kids and our wife and our husband. It's just the way it is. Our perspective shifted. It shifted over those few days. Our circumstances, the bill, social media. If you've been on Facebook at all, you've seen people complain, my goodness, these plowers ran over my mailbox. I can get off the road, but my mailbox down. I don't know what I'm going to do. People complaining. Your perspective starts to shift by the influences you let in. See, in the United States, we're about to have a wonderful time. We're going to go through an election. It's like a blizzard. We're about to go through an election. See, I can't vote, so I get to sit back and stir the pot. But before election day, the airways will be filled with ads promoting the candidates, or in most cases, slamming the other candidate. Slamming each other. The ads definitely influence some people, but those who are firmly behind their candidates cannot be moved. It does not matter. From their perspective, their allegiance has to stand with the one that best fits their political affiliation. They're not going to be moved. It doesn't matter to them who the candidate is or what he or she stands for. They cannot turn and pick a different side. They are firmly planted. This can happen to us as well. It can happen, and it does happen. Sometimes we get set in our way of thinking that we, we can't even see beyond the way we think the way we understand. We can't even see anything else but that. We stand fast and cannot be moved. And, and sometimes that's good. While standing fast in our Christian faith, it's, it's encouraged, and we should do that. There are times when we must be ready for change. 
In Genesis 35, 2 through 4, Jacob tells his family to put away their foreign gods and purify themselves. They give them their idols, and Jacob buries them. They were being asked to change their ways. They were asked to put away their idols. They were asked to put away things that would change their perspective of God. In the parable of the two sons, Jesus says this. What do you think? A man had two sons. And he went to the first and said, son, go and work in the vineyard today. And he answered, I will not. I don't know who this son was, but if I said that to my dad, I will not go out in the vineyard. Then I would not have a home. But for the sake of the parable, let's go on. He said, I will not. But afterward, he changed his mind and went. He, he then went to the other son and he said the same thing. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, the first. Jesus said to them, truly, I say to you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes go into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him. And even when you saw it, you did not afterward change your minds and believe him. We can get like that. Set in our ways. So set in our ways that we don't see anything outside of our own sphere of influence. We don't. If our perspective is so steadfast on every subject that we cannot listen and respond with an open mind, we may miss out on a point in which God would like to change something in us. He might want to refresh. He might want to reflect his character in us to somebody else. God our Father wants us to hear him and change who we are when we are not in step with his will. He might believe that. He wants us to listen, even if it's something that doesn't usually align with our, our viewpoint. He wants us to be obedient. As parents, I love the word obedience. I want my kid to be obedient. But when you want me to be obedient, I do not like the way that word sounds too much. It's in our nature to rebel against things. It's been that way since the garden. But all Jesus and all God is asking us to do is to be obedient. I can guarantee you it's always in our best interest. It's always in our best interest. He's not asking us to obey something that's going to set us back. He's asking us to obey something that's going to set us up. Yeah. Period. That's our God. That's how faithful, that's how good he is. Faith is based on what we cannot see. See, one of the biggest problems in the Old Testament, Israel, they were constantly looking for things in the physical. They were always looking for things in the physical. They returned to man-made idols, and they asked for kings to lead them. They could not or would not consistently follow an unseen God. They couldn't do it. Even when God's spirit, we have a hard time following what God wants us to do. And Satan preys on our desire to see, and he will try to use that. He will encourage it. See, when we take the time to change who we are, God promises us that he will change us. He will change us. 1 Corinthians 15, 51, 22 says this, and my dad loved this. This speaks about eternal change. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be, <clears throat> sorry, and the dead will be raised imperishable, and we shall be changed. That is an eternal change. But here on earth, God wants us to change. And I will challenge you, if we are not changing, we are not growing, and we are not pursuing a life that God wants for us. 
Our perspective changes, too, when we get older. That perspective I had about the snow when I was a kid changed a lot after 30 years. It was really cool. Our perspective, our outside influences, those we have around us, change what we think. We view it different over time. Our family, our friends, they definitely impact the way we think for the good or for the bad. Teachers, television, social media, it all changes the way we view things, every bit of it. Religious leaders, pastors, who we align ourselves with, they change our perspective for the good or for the bad. Unfortunately, we also have Satan's influence. We don't talk about Satan a whole lot in church anymore. We are one of the few churches that actually do. But Satan is a very real force out there that is influencing us, and we need to recognize that so we can combat it. He's very real. But we are victorious. If you are a Christian, you're victorious. That's the end game. We have to be aware that we are walking with the authority of Jesus. The question then becomes who or what we will let change our perspective in life so that we are allowing godly change to be reflected in us. Who wants godly change to be reflected in you? Those are, I want, when people see me, I want them to see Jesus. Amen. Pastor Kelly challenged this last week. And then afterwards, he told me, God is really messing with me because, you know, as soon as I preach this, I am met with a circumstance. Him and Denise were out Monday in the middle of this blizzard delivering the groceries to people that were totally ungrateful for it. But God still, it didn't matter what those people's response was. It mattered how they acted. It didn't matter. They saw Jesus whether they appreciated it or not. That's what matters. I'm going to tell this story, and then I'm going to close because we're going to be short. I don't know if we have another song. We might. I don't know. Who knows? We don't even know what we're going to do. We did this so off the cuff, we don't even know. We might take the camera outside and skate. I don't even know. We have no idea. It'll be fun. See, Kenley, my daughter Kenley, if you don't know her, she's six years old. She is wild. She acts just like her mama. She does, she's into everything. I was not wild as a kid. I've heard many people say of what a saint I was. But she's gotten to this thing since Christmas. She got to see people give each other gifts and then wrap them and wrap them. She didn't see me wrap any presents. I'll put them in a bag. I don't do it. I get my daughter Chloe to wrap my presents. I don't do it. I'm not very good at it. But she's seen people wrapping presents. So now what she will do is she will... Every few days, she'll just wrap, wrap up a bunch of stuff. She wraps it. She brings it in the living room. She brings us all into the living room, and she gives us an appointed time that we can open our gifts. And she is so excited. She's so excited to see. She has us all come in the room, and the excitement in her is palpable. You can t She's like, can't wait to show you what I got you. <laughs> Cannot wait. She's so excited. And one by one, we start to unwrap these presents. And it's something that we already have. You know, she didn't go to the store and buy anything. It's something a six-year-old, it's something we already have. And we're like, wow, Kenley, thank you for my deodorant. I appreciate that. Really needed that. Thank you, Kenley, for this book I already have. I really wanted this book. I really wanted this book, and we... 
we were underwhelmed. And she was so excited, but we were kind of like, oh, I can't, you know. Our excitement didn't match hers, and she could tell. She could tell. She's like, she, you could tell that it kind of hurt her a little bit, that we wasn't as excited about this as she was. She put time, effort into this. She gave us something. And uh, me and Tiffany were going to bed one night, and I was laying there trying to go to sleep. Is this week, and I started thinking, and God really put something on my heart. When I was thinking about Kenley doing this, he said, Casey, you know, you're just like that. You're just like that. You have everything that I want you to have. You already have it. All the talent, all the anointing. I'm just waiting for you to unwrap it and it and realize what you already have is enough. I'm just waiting for you to do that. You don't need a new call. You don't need a new talent. You don't need a new ability. What you need to do is hone in, perfect, and strive for excellence in every area with all the abilities and with the people that I've given you and put in your life. That's what you need to do. You don't need anything new. You don't need something new. You don't need a new present. You need a new perspective. God wants to give you a new perspective with everything that you already have. All that time you got to spend this week with my family, I could let it annoy. Hey, Tiffany did, got so many projects done, she was sand and paint and paint and sand and sand and paint, sand, paint and sand. Like, it, this, this dust is not going to get anywhere. It got everywhere. It was everywhere. But the point is, we made time and we did stuff and we spent time with our family i went out yesterday as hard as that ice was and we sledded with my two kids that ice is like concrete bobby but we made memories i might not get those memories again who knows when i'll be snowed in again with my family and get to enjoy the things what i really need to appreciate is not that i'm sitting at home but i had a brother that let me use his jeep to go get my wife and i was able to get out and get groceries I had a friend that come over and helped me get my propane thing so I had heat. I have a church family that pours into me. I have a wife that loves me. These are the things that God wants to already know. I have things in my life that I already have that I need to perform better under. I need to do better. Why would I think God would give me anything new when I'm not treating what he's already given me with the utmost respect and value? And I think that's what God wants us to know. Over this time we've had snowed in, over this time that we've had reflecting, over this time that I know many of us are thinkers. I sit and think all the time. Tiffany will look at me and she's like, what are you thinking about? I'm like, honestly, that moment, sometimes I wasn't thinking about anything. I'm just like, uh. But sometimes I just sit there and I'm thinking, man, I'm thinking. But God just wants you to know, he wanted me to know that he's already given us. I don't care what situation you're in, you have enough. He's given you the tools to do everything. You don't need a new tool. You need, to, you need to learn how to use your tools better. You don't need a new tool. I've been sitting on wanting to write a book forever, and I've had people pour into me and pour into me and say, Casey, you can do this, or we really want you to. You know, my wife told me forever, but you think when you hear it from your wife or your family, you don't think that's sincere. They're just like, they'll tell you anything. Like, yeah, you're good. But then I had people pouring into it, saying, hey, Casey, you need to do this. Why would, I God, why would I expect God to do anything else when I haven't even done what he's already directed me to do? Why? And that's what he wants us to know this morning. As you go back out, and I'm sure they're going to cancel school tomorrow, all y'all 
And even if you got homeschooled, I think you're homeschooled, so it's, you get to see them every day, Eastern. But if you get to miss work or you have to miss work or whatever else happens, God is good. God is faithful. Look around at what he's already given you and just value it with everything that's inside of you. Value it with everything inside of you. Y'all can go ahead and stand up. Those at home, make this moment a personal moment. Make this moment like you are here at church. Because I'm here to tell you, God can move no matter where you was at. I was in a prison cell with a wife and mom and family praying for me, and he moved on me there. So it doesn't matter where you're at, God can be in that situation. So I encourage you, if you're listening to this this morning, to change your perspective. God doesn't change. He's good now, then, forever. But he wants you to realize how good he is and what he's given you. Let's pray this morning. Lord Jesus, I know some of us came out here and pray we were just tired of sitting at home. And we came out here and there's some of us out there that God, they couldn't make it out. Their, their driveways are still iced in. That they started to get a little stir crazy that they've let their mind run rampant and stuff start going on in their heads. But God, I need them to know, you need them to know that you are still the God that changes things, that changes perspectives, that changes relationship dynamics, that changes the way we view our husband, that changes the way we view our wife, that changes the way we see our kids, that changes the way we respond to our community. God, we thank you that we just didn't come out here to hear a few good songs and hear a really short message. We came out here to experience your goodness and connect, to be in connection with you and to feel and to know and to respond what you have for us and for you to change our perspective in the things that are going on. It could be bad at times, but it could be worse. The one thing I do know is that you are walking beside me no matter what I'm going through. So God, those that are home, those that are here that need a healing, I ask you to pour your healing out on them. God, but those that are living below their potential because you've given, all the, given, them, given them all the tools, God, I ask that you would make them realize their full potential and them to step into their calling, to step into their purpose, to start utilizing the toolbox that you've already given them. I just thank you, God for this moment, this opportunity, and we pray protection for everybody that chose to come out here and for everybody that is at home. God, we just ask for your protection. And we just ask that you do a mighty work in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.